Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 15 Minute You, the official college football podcast of your morning commute. I'm Evan Wazork. That's my brother Matt. On the road again. On the road again. And we are here to bring you everything you need to know about college football in hopefully 15 minutes. Folks, you might notice some sound quality issues that you haven't been used to in about a season. That's because... Um, my humble co-host, Matthew Wazork, driving home from Washington, D.C., the district, back to Cleveland. Matt, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing better than you, probably. I have a Bell's Oberon in my hand. I'm in my own home. I'm not driving an automobile. It's true. I would not hate to have a Bell's in my hand right now, but that would be very illegal. So I am on 70, headed towards Pittsburgh at the moment. Heart of Big Ten country. Heart of Big Ten country. Matthew, would you like to explain to the audience uh, the concept behind today's podcast? You did come up with it, after all. Sure. Well, we wanted another uh, theme episode after last week's uh, Tell Me Why Not. So we decided we would acknowledge the Midwest heat wave by having a hot takes podcast. So Evan and I, we're each going to share three hot takes. And it is the job of the person listening to the hot take to calm the hot taker down. All right. Now, I, I would say this differentiates between last week's pod in that last, I don't want to say these are impossible, but they are much more unlikely. Last week's They're was. Hotter. Yeah. Hotter takes. Last They're week's were supposed to be reasonable. Hotter. Yeah. It's been, it was 108 degrees here earlier in the week in St. Louis. 108? Are you kidding? Heat wave, baby. Oh, my goodness. Heat wave. So, you want to get right into it? Yes, sir. Start. Let's start with the first hot take, which is, Matthew, it's my hot take. No Michigan directional. That is Central Central Michigan University, Western Michigan University, and Eastern Michigan University. None of those three will go to a bowl game this season. Your thoughts. What, you're just like taking a huge dump on Central Michigan. So, one, I'd like our uh, Central Michigan family out there to, to holler. Uh, you can find us on Gmail or on Twitter. But so please get at this dude. Please get at this dude. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, I've been coming double barrel. Showing zero faith in the chips, man. I think it's just so easy to make a bowl game. Uh, NCAA added more bowl games this year. There's going to be three additional bowl games that we didn't have in the past. Over half the NCAA is bowl. And we also know that the stakes are minimal. You know, at, you go 6-6, six and six, you're bowling. I, I, just, I don't know how you explain to me that I, will Eastern go? Probably no. But tell me how Western and Central both do not win six. Even if they win five, they're going to get considered. There's going to be some team that opts out of going, um, or these bowl games are just going to need to fill teams. And so I, I can see either, if not both of those teams, going bowling. Okay, so here, here was my thinking. is One, like you said, Eastern is no threat to this prediction at all, this hot take. Okay. Two, the MAC only has four guaranteed bowls. They, they have relationships with six, but two of them, the Quick Lanes and the Boca Raton Bowl, are conditional. Other conferences 
I believe one of them is the Big Ten. I can't remember which which is which, but uh, other like they're backups, so they might not even have six. So there might only be four teams bowling. Now, if we're looking at the MAC, I think there are what three teams we can like feel very confident in this year of being good. They're going to qualify for bowls, no problem. I think those teams are OU, Northern Illinois, and Toledo. That's three of the four slots right there. So I just got to find one or two more. I think uh, we talked yeah, so about... Who's your, who's your other team that's uh, going to keep? Initially, I had said, um, when we were off wax, I'd said Miami. But uh, yeah, we, we overlooked team, but... Buffalo. I think... I think I'm going to go Buffalo, but I think uh, Akron, Miami and Akron are both possible uh, bowling teams out of the MAC. We could have two to three Ohio teams and zero Michigan teams. Um, That's also part of what you're saying here. Oh, for sure. Two, two Ohio MAC schools are in. A minimum zero, of two. Zero Michigan schools. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing with Central is one um, – they only won six games last year, so it's not like they're they you know they're coming in off this hot streak. Um, Central no longer has Shane Morris, Morris under center. They no longer have Malik Fontaine uh, at linebacker. He was first team All Mac, um, and only one of their defensive backs are returning. So I think we're going to see some shaky defense um, and a relatively unknown quantity at quarterback. And, you know, I just kind of like those odds. I, I think no Michigan directional bowls. Interesting. Even though you know that if you're 5-7, and seven, you're still going to be considered for a bowl game. You're going to be considered? That doesn't mean you're going to go bowling. No, I, I bet there are multiple 5-7 teams that bowl this season. There could be. Doesn't mean it's going to be Central. Doesn't mean it's going to be Eastern. Doesn't mean it's going to be Western. We shall see. Are you ready for my first take? Uh, please, lay it on me. I think it's been determined. So we'll say Dwayne Haskins. I would yes. say whoever the Ohio State starter is, which wasn't clear until about a few weeks ago, is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. <laughs> That's spicy. Um... But I had, you know, I think what makes a good hot take is one that at first glance you can be like, yes, that is true. You know what I mean? Like the best hot takes have a hint of truth to them. And I think this one does because I think, uh, you know, Urban Meyer is very impressive uh, when it comes to developing quarterbacks. Um, And they do a great job in Columbus at recruiting great talent. But first, overall, over, like, Hornybrook playing in the West, who has a, like, softer schedule. Uh, So, in theory, he's going to perform better is is what I mean by that. Over established McSquirrelly, especially at Penn State, who doesn't have um, Barkley in the backfield anymore. So, in theory, they'll rely on him more. I think that's a disadvantage for McSquirrelly because then, you know, you could feed Barkley, feed Barkley, feed Barkley, and then, you know, kind of divert with McSorley, whereas they're mm-hmm. not going to be keying in on a, in a running back in the way they were before. Defenses are going to key in on McSorley more than they did in 2017. I, I mean, there's two parts to this take. 
And Lewerke, before we get too far. Brian Lewerke at Michigan State. Like, these are all established personas. Anyways, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. This is not translated to the pros, but at at the college level, Ohio State has been like quarterback U for the last – which of these guys – I would take any of these guys in a maze of blue uni. Uh, Terrell Pryor. Yep. Cardell Jones. Yep. uh, JT Barrett. I, I, that's about eight years of football right there. Barrett took about seven of them. <laughs> Old man time. Why is Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins? So he wins the job. Burrow transfers to LSU. He's next. I don't. Every single one of those guys in a similar system, you know, blossomed. But and were they the best quarterbacks in the league in the conference? Yes. No. I, I, I would go. I, wait, JT Barrett was the best Big Ten quarterback last year? Are you serious? Who was? I don't know. Uh, he beat Penn State. Did yeah. I mean, I was going to say. Just for, like, he won. Yeah. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Okay. But certainly, for, yeah, they were, they since were Terrell Pryor, an Ohio State quarterback, has not been the best quarterback in the conference every single year. No, I don't think all of those guys were the best. Like, JT wasn't his best his Sophomore year. This, that's where they, Haskins they is at. They also used all three of those guys in one season to that, win the Natty. That was nuts. That was nuts. So, that, so one, it's like, is Haskins good enough? I'm saying yes. Number two, is to your point, is he good enough? Okay, but then is he better if he's going to be the best than McSorley, Lewerke? Uh, who's the Iowa, Iowa guy who's coming back also? Nate Stanley. Stanley, right. Stanley is back from Iowa. Uh, Horny Brook, who you already mentioned. And, Dorson, uh, did we mention Captain him? Qu- Captain Question Mark, Shea Patterson. Captain Question Mark. Right, so we have all these established personalities coming back. I mean, I guess the point of a hot take is to go out on a limb, but you're out on a limb, I feel like. So it's the system that you know Urban Meyer is a Sith Lord. Agreed. That's my take. And to be the best, we're saying you Probably, like, you got to be one of the top teams in the conference. So that also is a benefit to Haskins. But I, I don't know. we got to pick a team to come out of the East. Right now, you would take Ohio State. I think it's going to be Michigan. But safe bet would be Ohio State. That would be a safe bet. Well, man, I think if the point of this is to temper our hot takes, at least in the two, first two examples, we've yeah. not done a very good job. I'm certainly entrenched on the Michigan directional thing, and I feel like I've not convinced you at all about this Ohio State thing. But, anyways, we're just two guys talking on podcasts. Only our uncles listen. So, on to hot take number three. Um, that is also your your honor. Yours for the honor. It's, it's the uh, Big 12, correct? <laughs> it, it, it is. I would be embarrassed to say what you're about to say out loud, but go ahead and say it. No, and i got a great plan for why. Lay it on us. Texas will win the Big 12. <laughs> and, and this is the real part that gets me. <laughs> I, this is the part that goes over that. And represents them in the college football play. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Do you want me to I'm respond one, first? I'm 100 on the first half of that. They will win the Big 12. I'm concerned, concerned that you're driving right now. Because to me, <laughs> this is 100% a failed test. And you're yeah. out here driving talking about... Not only is Texas going to win the Big so, 12, which they're not, they're going to go to the playoffs. Here's the deal. One, I believe in Tom Herman. Mm-hmm. Two, you, you're, you're a big, big 
big returning quarterbacks. I, I am. I am. And I will say I did note that in my notes. They do have Sam Ellinger returning under center. Texas has a returner. Now, here's the other thing. Early in the season, they get two biggest, most pivotal games to me are TCU and USC. Uh, if they can win those games, I, there's nothing about USC, especially with uh, Darnold gone, that makes me think Texas can't beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. So they would have good wins there. TCU is the Wisconsin of the Big Twelve. You know, they're never they have a they're a high floor kind of team. They're never going to drop a bunch of games. Have yet to make the playoff, but. You know, at least two years have been in the in the conversation, uh, and I so I think getting past those two games is something they can do. I mean, yeah, forget what Herman did as the when we go back to that Ohio State team, you're like, man, that was crazy. Okay, that's Tom Herman, the offensive coordinator. Then the next year, he goes to Houston, runs table at Houston. It's going to happen at Texas, I think, for for Tom Herman, and the last four games on their schedule is a walkthrough. They get... Oh, last four? Excuse me? Yeah. They get West Virginia. Whoa! The Mountaineers under Billy Greer? My man, Billy Greer, wild Billy Greer with that haircut and mustache? I don't know I don't know why you're calling that a tune-up. It's something like uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. It is West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas. There we go. <laughs> I can't believe you're discounting the Mountaineers like that. Just considering you rode with them so hard last year. I, hey, and that's why. Because they burned me. They burned me. I have faith and I don't. Texas will win the Big 12. I think, you know, with Oklahoma, so that's my positive Texas, the negative for the other teams. Oklahoma's going to struggle without Baker. But, Kyler Murray's got a, uh, a $5 million offer to play. Pro baseball. You think that dude's going to go out on a limb? Huh? Game comes down to it. He's going to like risk his body for the team. Not going to be able to do it. No way. Okay. So, one, I think they got a tough non-conference schedule relative to most of college football. UM, they play Maryland in Maryland. Tulsa, okay, not that hard. Yeah. USC. You need to go to Maryland Stadium and understand. I've been to Maryland Stadium. I saw them play Michigan in 2008 when I was at American University. Okay. So it's the same size as Solon High School. Like, why is that a difficult place to win at? Well, I think being on the road and then I think Maryland is a secretly good team. No. No. Um, then USC, as we're alluding to, I mean, that's going to be a tough game. I'm not saying it's not winnable, but that's going to be tough. Uh, TCU the next week, as you said. Um, they get TCU at home, correct? They do get TCU at home. Immediately following USC, though. So if they're all banged up from USC, that's a very losable game. And we're talking for the playoffs. You lose one game, that could be a death sentence. Um, I agree with your analysis of the Oklahoma situation um, with Kyler under quarterback, under center, excuse me. Um, But I still think, again, that is a losable game. Uh, I don't know why you're discounting West Virginia and my man Billy Greer. Um, and I mean, I think Iowa State again is going to be tough. Who they play late in the season, but they also get them at home. They do get them at home, but I don't know, man. Like 
I feel like Texas football over the last five years has taken a significant dip. They seem to drop games when they shouldn't. Granted, we are under a new regime, but like, I don't know. I don't know if I fear going into Austin like I fear going into going to Iowa. You know what I mean? I, I like Tom Herman with a returning quarterback. I like that combo. Okay. We'll see. I mean, for Tom Herman's sake, I hope so. Not that I think he's going to get fired this year, but I feel like there's so much pressure on Tom Herman to succeed. Uh, so I guess I, I also don't think that the Big 12 plays very good defense. And I think... If Texas can keep up in their conference games, if you have an offense that can move and an offensive-minded coach, you let's just make them shootouts. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, don't play. There's not a whole lot of defense to be played in the Big Twelve. I th- also think you might be overrating how much Big Twelve is respected in the voting circles. Um, right. I think honestly, I think if if Oklahoma had similar success, but Baker Mayfield is not on Oklahoma. I do wonder, would they be in the playoffs last year? I think that's a debatable question. But they beat Ohio State at Ohio State. That was the, true. The true. Because you were like, should the Big Ten champion? Well, can't put them in and not the team that beat them head-to-head at in their own stadium. Yeah, that's fair. I think my point about the media not respecting – no, I agree. Oklahoma. Or, excuse me, Big 12. Yeah. Stands. All right, ready to move on to the next one? Yes, sir. I believe I'm up. All right. Ed Orgeron, head coach at LSU, is fired before the final game of the season. Mm-hmm. So, when I – I guess I initially thought that this was spicier to you because you are very much against firing coaches during the season. Variance. Yes, I don't. I don't think it helps unless there's some significant off the field issues. So, I guess it comes down to their their end of season schedule. I, I honestly think if he wins eight games, he's safe. Oh, I I do, I just I think I think nine could save him depending on how he loses. But I think if he really wants to be safe, he should win ten. I mean. You'll try and win them all, but yeah. But it, what, he, here's how he stays, though. He's already laying that groundwork. You know, you had the uh, Louisiana radio shows going back and forth last week, where Orgeron said he needs patience, uh, and that Les Miles, the ghost of Les Miles, is back. And says if you need patience, you can't be the head coach of the Tigers. And you're like. I mean, Clear. that's yeah. not not true, though, man. There is no SEC fans, SEC administrators, SEC schools. There is no patience. They don't have patience. They expect to beat Alabama every year and on year one for whatever reason. I don't, I don't see understand. them doing that again. They already did this, like, you know, broke up with Les Miles or said out loud they are going to break up with them. Then did because the fans lost their mind. Then eventually – broke up with him in a more public manner, like, the next season. So, I don't know if they want to go down that road again. The mid-season, because your premise is that it's got to happen before the last game. Yeah. You know, their end of season, they go... Well, they end with Bama, correct? No, so they're... No. Let Let me lay it out for you. They open with Miami... In in Dallas at Jerry's World. Yeah. 
then they go southeast Louisiana, a little tune-up game. But then they're at Auburn, uh, Louisiana Tech, Ole Miss at home. Then they travel to the Swamp at Florida. After that, they have Georgia at home. They have Mississippi State at home. Then they have Alabama at home. That's a tough stretch. And then the last three games are at Arkansas, hosting Rice, and at Texas A&M. They could also lose that Texas A&M game, by the way. Well, Baton Rouge is a tough place to play, though. I think that works in their advantage and helps them salvage. You know, if we're saying, I think at nine, he's, he's definitely safe. I actually think at eight, he's safe. So take all three of those Louisiana directional games, uh, or there's two of them. Take the Rice game. Uh, Take, I would say, Mississippi State at home, right? I'm at five right now. So, I don't know. What do you do in Florida? And then I, the A&M game should be winnable. Uh, Texas Tech, winnable. So, that's seven. Now, you got to come away with something here. Uh, I do think you're right. A dangerous scenario for Orgeron to get fired midseason is blowouts. To oh, blowouts are death sentence. If he gets blown out by Georgia, I'm not sure if he's there to coach the Alabama yeah. game. I mean, pending on what happens. Let's say he loses to Miami, then he loses to Auburn, then like a closer-than-expected game against Ole Miss and Florida, and then gets blown out by Georgia. I think that's it. Which, he's I don't... Already, he's already lowering expectations, though, man. Maybe they don't expect it. Hopefully. The other thing he doesn't have going for him um, is... Only four offensive stars are returning, and it's seven on defense. So we're looking at, like, new players, major – I don't want to say overhaul to the team because he's not really changing his scheme up. But, you know – Ohio State transfer Joe Burrow, though. Talk about that Ohio State quarterback. True, true. Your favorite place to play quarterback. True, true. Agree. (laughs) I will give a 15-minute U t-shirt to any – listener who can explain to us what Ed Orgeron means when he tweets out, hold that tiger. He does it like once a week. I saw, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. It'll be at the most random time. It'll be like 3.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then some other times at like 9.41. And I'm like, well, what, are you, what are you saying? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> hold yeah, that tiger. Right. LSU football, college football news. There'll be nothing about LSU out there. And I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> Why did he keep writing that? He tweeted so it today. So, all right. Two more. You're up. I tried to be regional. We did Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Did Big 12. Mm-hmm. Where do you go? Where are you at the pack? We're going to go West Coast. Pack 12. My adopted conference for a year and a half. Clay Helton is the second best coach in the Pac-12. I wanted to take this one to, like, the nth degree, and I thought I would be just last out of our, my own podcast, so... I was going to say he's the best, but everybody knows that Chris Peterson's the best, so we're just going to leave that there. Um, but I'm saying that he is doing a better job than uh, Tim Kelly, Herm Edwards, Kevin Sumlin, Mike Leach, and David Shaw. The David Shaw one is where I'm like, damn. But also, <laughs> knowing your personality, I'm also surprised that you put him in front of Leach because you're such a. I didn't want to do it. You're such a. But this is a hot takes pot, so we gotta get we gotta get spicy. I needed, I needed a Pac-12 one. You know, I didn't want to do my man Leach like that though. So let me lay out everyone's records. Helton is 27 and 10 in four years. Peterson, who we agree is the best coach in the 
in the uh, Pac-12. Is 37 yeah. and 14 in four years. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, who I'm going to circle back to. I don't think he gets enough love at oh, Utah. Whittingham should have been on that list. It's a non-traditional. He's 111 and 56 in 13 years, which I think is yeah. very impressive at Utah. Yeah. Shaw is Great. 73 and 22 in seven years at Stanford. And your boy Leach is he's 500. He's 38 and 38. Uh, at, that one's a tough place. No, for sure. At Washington State in six years, I actually think that's very impressive. They're, he certainly started in the basement, and they are trending upwards. Right. I, I just don't see it, man, especially with Sean Leach on the list. And so I think Dark Horse Whittingham. All right, all right. So I'm telling you my order goes Peterson, Pelton, Shaw. And Pelton, here, here's why. One, uh, takes over a program that's completely unstable. When he signs on, uh, you know, was just left in disarray from the circuses of Sarkeesian and Kiffin, uh, et cetera, stabilizes it. Like, that's the work he's done. Number two, a, a great Jack Harbaugh quote is that the best coaches have the best players. This, my man, is in the easily the best recruiting ground of that conference. But, so that's because of the school. To sell some guy on coming to USC? Like, no. So that doesn't make him a good coach. That makes him in a good coaching spot. That's my thing. So I, actually, on the player's note, I was going to bring up NFL draft picks. Uh, Helton had, in his time there, he is 19. In that same time, Peterson has 16. Leach has 6. Uh, David Shaw at Stanford has 17, and Whittingham yeah. at Utah has 14. Now, I think the Peterson, Stanford, or Peterson, Shaw, Whittingham are very impressive considering, like, yes, Helton is ahead, but they're chomping right behind him at way less prestigious institutions, in my opinion. Um, I, so I think that's an example. Of, he's not the second-best coach. He's, he's in a great position, and that makes you look good. I am confident that you or I could be the head coach at USC and we'd win, we would oh win a couple games. Get out of here. We would win a couple games. I'm not saying we'd win – I'm not even saying we'd win five, but we'd win two or three. Oh, Lord, yeah, over like a 30-year time period. Um, no, first year I'd win two or three. Positive. <laughs> I'm positive. Oh, Lord, that's absurd. <laughs> Do you have anything else to defend your – that one's outrageous. Clay Helton. Overrated. So it's the position, not the man. If they win the conference this year. No, I need more. I need more. I'm not totally so against it. In draft picks. He wins the conference. They're going to have more draft picks. I, what do you want from a man? They go to the playoff? Yes. So differently? Yes. Interesting. Because of that crew, Peterson is the only one who's been to the playoff. Agreed. The only... Of that crew, yes, Peterson's the only one in the playoffs. I think the only one of that crew outside of Helton that should go to the playoffs or be in the conversation is Stanford. Like, I think Stanford Stanford and USC are the two most prestigious college football positions in that group. Um, right. Impressive what Peterson has done. But, like, I'm not really thinking that, like, Utah and Washington State are going to be in the com- conversation for the playoff. Like, if they get there, right. great, positive. It shows it's a great coach. But I just think the 
the stature of those programs don't really lend themselves to playoff runs. Yeah, I mean, Washington's going to be in the mix for the playoffs this year. Yes. Pearson was winning at Boise. He's not going to not win now at Washington. Same. Plus, your man has a returning quarterback. True. Well, so is Peterson. Plum. What? Uh, Jake. I don't know why I said plumber. Peterson. Uh, Jake Brown. Oh, I thought you meant Helton. No, no. Uh, Helton does not have yeah. yeah, I don't know why I thought that. It's the, it's the Oberon. Uh, yeah, Browning coming back for his third campaign. Uh, I'm excited. But anyways, we're getting off topic. Let's get to our final and spiciest of the hot takes. <laughs> I came up with this gem, ladies and gentlemen, and it is that Lane Kiffin and the Owls make the playoffs. Let me defend first. Let me defend first. Go ahead. Why don't you? Because this is you're going to need a lot for this. Okay. One, let's look at the, the players that they have. Returning, they have Devin Singletary, uh, their running back, coming back for his junior season. He was Conference USA's MVP last year. Uh, in the quarterback, they have a great competition between, uh, I believe he's a sophomore, DeAndre Johnson, and former Sooner, Sooner transfer and former four-star prospect Chris Robinson. They're both dual threat. So, man, we might see more offense. More offense out of the Owls. And you know what the playoff loves? The playoff loves money. And you know what makes money is exciting offenses. Boom. Defense. Well, you, have two, you, have, you have 25-year-old uh, offensive coordinator, Charlie West Jr. Okay, okay. I said let me defend first. Defense. They have 10 returning starters. So I'm quite confident that this is going to be a good Owls team that can go undefeated. Um, the Big Ten and the SEC could easily eat each other alive. Oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. It could happen. It, it, stop. Stop. In that, in that, we could see conference champions again with one, potentially two losses. I, I don't think that that's outrageous. Um, okay, that's fair. Especially considering, like, you know, what if Ohio State drops a game and then loses the, you know, I could outline a million scenarios where each the sure. SEC and the Big Ten have one or two lost champions. Um, I think the same goes for the ACC, actually, now I'm thinking about it, not right in my notes, but, you know, with Clemson, Miami, uh, a couple other good teams in the ACC, I think, and Clemson, Clemson just dropping games. Um, Florida State, yeah, I think uh, the ACC could have a one-loss team, and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 don't really get respected, for whatever reason, they don't, rightfully or wrongfully, um, and their non-conference schedule for college football is relatively strong. They play Oklahoma, they play the Air Force Academy, and they play, the, in my opinion, the next best non-Power 5 team. They play UCF. And then the third one's Bethine Cookman, which isn't great, but everyone has a tune-up game. So I think that's a pretty strong non-conference schedule. How did they beat Oklahoma? No Baker Mayfield. Offensive struggles, first game of the season. If you're going to beat Oklahoma... Wow. that might be hotter than your take. No, that's not true. It's close, though. <laughs> they're going to go to the playoffs. Like, they're not going to beat Oklahoma week one. This pipe dream is going to be over. What was the highest rated... We just said... We just said the Pac... Or, excuse me, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. So it can be a shootout. You're telling me a Lane Kiffin offense can't hang in a shootout? That's what you're telling me. That That is spicy. If you say no, they can't hang in a shootout. 
that. No, I'm saying it's going to be a shootout. They could win that game. So, the other issue is, what was the highest rated UCF was last year? It's a great question. I'm in front of a computer. Let me check. At one point, they were ranked 12. You're not going to see a team in a playoff that is not ranked in the top. I think at some point they got to let a non-power five conference team in, and I think a Lane Kiffin coach team yeah, could do it. Yeah, I agree with that. At some point they do got to let a non-power five conference team. In. I'm telling you, it's not in 20. It's not this year. Disagree. It's going to be Kiffin and the Owls, bro. I, they're just they're never going to get ranked high enough. By the coaches or the AP, where they, where the committee is going to feel like they can put them up there. Your setting the schedule argument isn't out of conference. It's not crazy. That's the other thing that holds them back, though. We're asking these teams. Yeah, we might have a one-loss ACC or one-loss, you know, Big Ten, Pac-12, but those teams, their conference schedules are so much more rugged than what FAU looks at. So it's like we're going to give them credit for, you know, beating three non-conference teams, but then their other eight that they played in their conference were significantly easier. So they just got to blow those teams out, which they did last year. Yeah. I mean, they're beating teams 55-12. Right. I would just worry about them holding teams to 12. What do you mean? Because still like... Use margin of error or like whatever when you know there's blowing teams out, so they're gonna get special credit for uh, racking up points. Yeah, but to have huge margins of victory, have to uh, hold your defense has to hold teams to a small number of points. Which I think they can, because they're in their turning, returning 10 defensive starters. Uh, we'll see. I think I just think there's no possible way they get past Oklahoma in the first game. We'll see. That's where you're, you're we'll you see. You will concede if they lose to Oklahoma in the first game. Yeah, that's it. Not going to the left. That's the ball game. Okay. Week one. A lot of implications. Yeah. Well, tune in. Yeah. Tune in. All right, man. Take us home. So, all right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you bearing with this uh, long-distance podcast. Uh, remember, you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, wherever else you get your fine podcast. Remember, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Evan and I would sincerely appreciate it if you could get give us a quick rating. And, uh, you know, Fourth of July coming up. Going to see some family. Yes. Friends. Love it. Yeah. Bring up 15 minute you at the table. Tell a family, tell a friend. That'd be great. Subscribe. Have them give us a little rating. Love it. Really appreciate it. Regardless of where you are on these cakes, oh, Central Michigan fans, chips. Don't forget to holler back at us. You can find (laughs) us on Twitter or on Gmail at 15 minute you. And Facebook. And Facebook. And Facebook. So, until next time, folks, remember, don't pick up my brother. And don't pick them like my brother.